Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. My name is Alex Terpkosh, and this is Tonal Identities. Whether you are here to listen to new music or understand how our lives impact our musical identities, I hope you enjoy the show. Joining me today is lovely pianist, hornist, if that's a word, and someone who brought a very unique and exciting set of songs, Georgia Zutz. Hello and welcome. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm very excited. I took a little hiatus um, in making some episodes, but I'm very, very happy that you're going to be the entrance back. Yeah, I'm so excited. Like, I've always wanted to do something like this. So thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. So let's start off. What's your first memory of music? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I heard this question and it was something I have never thought about. But um, I was looking back and aside from like Sunday church services and all that good stuff, um, the one thing that immediately came to mind was when I was growing up, my mom had this version of Georgia on my mind that she would sing to me whenever it was like time to go to bed, except she would like change the lyrics. So it like made sense to my life um, to the point where I thought that that song was written for me. So I was sorely disappointed to find out that it wasn't. Um, but yeah, just that just super intimate version of that. Do you plan on, if say you have children or something, do you plan on singing that to them too? I think it could be interesting because um, my mom did this for my sister as well. Her name is Madeline and um, her song was Oh Christmas Tree, Oh Christmas Tree, except it turned into Oh Madeline, Oh Madeline. So I think it'd be a really cute um, tradition to keep up for my kids someday. That's that's actually like super, super adorable because I mean a lot of people, yeah. I mean your, your parents basically just creating songs just for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super special. So what's your instrumental vocal background? Do you have any parental influence? Yeah, so neither of my parents come from a musical background. Um, my mother, as I would quote her, cannot hold a note. She says that, not me. Um, but my mom really wanted her kids to have the opportunity to grow up with music. And so when I was about five years old, um, she enrolled us all in piano lessons with the local church organist and um, my siblings decided not to keep up with piano but I'm still going like 16 years later strong and so um, we had bought like a used piano from the local Lutheran high school for like a hundred dollars and it's just something that's been with me ever since. Um, Other than that I went to a really really tiny high school but I was very blessed to have a strong music program there So from middle to high school, I was playing French horn, I was in choir, I was doing musicals, I was playing jazz, like I got to do it all. It was very lucky to have. What's your favorite of all of that, like horn, piano, what do you prefer? Um, If I have to choose one, I think the piano has just become a part of me. Um, It's a form of creativity, it's a form of stress relief. It's a way to connect with others, whether I'm playing, I'm listening, just it brings a lot of joy all around in my life. And what sector of piano do you like playing the most, like classical jazz, just contemporary? Um, again, I've been lucky to play like kind of everything. Back when I was in Gustavus, I was a part of the Sunday worship band on campus, the Bothersome Preachers Club. And it was really special to be able to play with others and to like accompany others who were singing. But when I'm just by myself, like I'm a huge fan of contemporary and just messing around with lead sheets. 
but also um I really also grown to love jazz. I like just bought a real book a couple of months ago finally and I've been having a ton of fun with that. That's awesome to hear. I I wish I could get more into jazz, but I always get so overwhelmed by the combination of piano and jazz because there's so many options and so I like sticking to the classical because it's more outlined for me. That there is um I was always just I'm not the greatest at classical because I'm not the best at following what's on the page. So in jazz, there are no mistakes. Anything you play, it's jazz. All right, we'll get started with my piece. Awesome. So this is Beethoven's third symphony, his Eroica or Heroic and the first movement. The whole symphony is wonderful, but this one is just known for being grander, grander, however you want to pronounce that. And so the ensemble is the Dutch Kammer Philharmonie Bremen, probably butcher that, but Pablo Yarvi is the conductor. And so the beginning is so elegant, but it quickly just kind of turns into another like five minutes of development before coming back this epic. Mm -hmm. And so this was written at the beginning of Beethoven's second period when he moved to Helen... Heiligenstadt. Yeah. I don't... That one's also rough for me, but to question his life and future in music. Um, his heroic symphony was composed in 1803 and was premiered two years later. And this was the work that was originally titled Bonaparte, after Napoleon Bonaparte, whom he admired so deeply, until Bonaparte actually declared himself the emperor in 1804, and he was not about that. So, oh, no. yeah, he just changed the name of the symphony and didn't technically write it for him then. And it turned into a piece just meant for a great heroic person who is non-existent, but it's the idea of it that counts, right? Yeah, no, it feels like some sort of flip on, like, the idea of separating the art from the artist, but in this case, like, separating the muse from the work. That's fantastic right there. And so recently, as I've been studying some of Beethoven's music, it's so predictable. Yeah. But I think that's what's so good about it is he basically outlined form the whole entire time and it just it fits, it makes sense to your ear. You can't really question it because it just works. Yeah, um I was talking with somebody about they're making music right now and they were asking for like some recommendations and I brought up Philip Glass and like there's so many opinions about Philip Glass and his works and even though it's so simple it just sounds so nice to my ear um like yes I know it's just arpeggios and layering but again it's that idea of like you technically know what's gonna come but you're okay with that yeah and Philip Glass especially like I know people who don't enjoy his music but that's because it's so sometimes it's so dense or it's too simplistic one i like one or the other there's no middle ground with some of his music 
Yeah. And so I love this symphony, and all of the other movements are phenomenal. And so I'll probably, to my listeners, be bringing some more of this back on at some point. But absolutely, the first movement is 17 minutes, so we are going to move on. And Georgia has some really cool music that I have personally never heard any of before. Oh, geez. Okay, well, that's exciting to hear. So this is the piece, It Could Happen to You, by Ryo Fukui, um, released in 1976. Um, Fukui is a Japanese jazz pianist. And what's so fascinating about him is he didn't start his piano until he was 22 years old. He first started picking up the instrument. And so this was only four years after him picking up the instrument. It makes me like feel kind of useless. Like when you say that, I'm like, <laughs> should I be better? I know, yeah. Um, and like, I first read that and first it kind of turned into like a sense of like, oh, well, if he could do this, I bet I could do this. And then realizing, oh gosh, I've been playing for 16 years and I'm still not close to this. Um, but I was introduced to Fukui while I was studying abroad in Japan. And um, while I was over there, I actually had the opportunity to join a jazz group. And that has to be some of the most special like music experiences I've ever had right there. When it's, it's the whole idea of like connecting beyond language, right? Like this is its own language music. Oh, and absolutely. Being able to share that because it's universal is magical. Yeah, it was almost comical because when you're having like those, when you're trying to communicate in Japanese and your language skills aren't perfect, half of the conversation is just saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And so I'm sitting here like stuttering and like messing up my way through conversations. But then as soon as we sit down and everybody has their instruments ready, it all just melts away and everybody's on the same page. Um, and it's magical, like it's cliche, but it is honestly magical to have that happen. Is this improv? Yeah, so there's a conversation that people like to have about Japanese jazz that people aren't improving to improv, that rather they're improving to show off. I don't think that's the case. Um, I do think that there is still that genuine joy and passion in there, especially like when this is so, so soon after starting an instrument. Um, and it's just bouncy and it's fun. And there are some other tracks on this album that are absolutely fantastic. He has a cover of Autumn Leaves as well. And it can be so difficult to like, fill out the piano in a jazz piece when you're too worried about like your main line that you're playing but he just does it so fantastically when i feel like with adult musicians like this is just love it's just joy and love absolutely like that's it that's the thought right there it's all love
Like, I'm even just sitting here with a smile on my face. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, especially with a lot of, like, upbeat jazz, it's hard not to have a better day when you start with it, right? Yes. No, um, I walk a good chunk of the way to work in the morning, and I'm always looking for things that are going to kind of pick me up for the work day. And usually this album is one of them. It has a high rotation in my playlist. All right. We will continue. We're going to jump back into some classical. Fantastic. This is Debussy's Prelude à la pré-midi d'un fond, which is Prelude to the Afternoon of a Fawn. It's played by the Frankfurt Radio Symphony Orchestra, conducted by Andres Orozco Estrada, and the flautist you're hearing is Weitzbier, or Sebastian Weitzbier. And so this whole piece is dedicated to a poem by Stefan Mallarmé, written in 1865, called Prelude to the Afternoon of a Fawn, and then this orchestration was completed by Debussy, wow, I'm messing up words, Debussy in 1894 in Paris. Very nice. And so, yeah, I was, so, I was so close to bringing in some Debussy on my own side, so thank you for this. <laughs> and I just, I love this piece because it's 10 minutes dedicated to describing the sounds of a fawn's life and there's no violence or there's not even that much tension yeah it's just so wonderful um i was like again looking up information about wc and there's some quotes i believe that are attributed to him and he talks about how Music allows us to take time to feel like the melancholy or the beauty that we don't always allow ourselves to feel in the day. Um, so yes, I might be sitting here in downtown Minneapolis, but I'm also in the glade with the fawn enjoying the afternoon. And it's fantastic that he gets to take us there. I really like that you say that because Debussy took this poem, created this, and then later on, about 15 years later, it was choreographed into a ballet. And so it's taking one art form and developing it into another. And there's people who have probably created paintings off of this piece too, or the poem. I'm sure. Yeah, I've... Because I just, I love so much of Debussy's work. And I always try to think of, like, what always pulls me towards it. And I think he almost has some of those precursors to jazz. Like, it's not necessarily sultry, but it kind of, like, gets on the edge of, like, that 
those jazzy chords almost. I mean, even right now, as you're hearing, it's not necessarily dissonant and angry. It's dissonant and like confusing. Not saying jazz is like confusion, but there's so many options for the chords to go somewhere that don't follow a true structure. Mm hmm. Listeners, that is six more minutes of beauty. Please go listen to that. And especially the flute solo in the beginning is lovely. And it's just such a well-known introduction to an orchestral piece. Next, though, is Georgia. So this was a tune that I found completely by accident. Um, I'd like to thank my Discover Weekly playlist for that. And um, the artist's name is in Japanese. And so I was looking it up. I'm like, oh, what is this? And it translates to the Joe Hisaishi Ensemble. So this is some of Hisaishi's earlier work before he got um, involved with like Studio Ghibli. So this one's called Two of Us from the 1991 movie called Futari or Two of Us by uh, Nobuhiku Obayashi. And about this movie before hearing this piece, but just like from the minute I heard it, I fell in love with it. Um, I found with like a lot of the music I was going through, it was again like those really like slow, melodic, emotional like string. So this movie is about two sisters, um, the older and the younger. Everybody loves the older sister, but then this older sister passes away in a freak accident, but her spirit continues to be with her younger sister. And I had found that out after listening to the song for a couple of weeks, and it's just absolutely transformed it for me. Because it's, it's conversational between the two main strings, but then the context completely changes. Well, you said that this is before he started working with Studio Ghibli, but the beginning just sounds like spirited away, like some of that music. Yes, it is absolutely like a Hisaishi work through and through. Like just again, chills through and through for me. Like there's honestly no other words I can give it. And just to have stumbled upon something like this, it felt like such a gift. Um, that's just what's so fascinating about like the modern day and age of like how we're able to find and discover music and 
even though I have issues with like some of the music streaming services that are so popular today, I have to thank them for giving me moments like this. And I understand exactly what you mean by Discover Weekly because that sometimes just flips to the next song and it just hits somewhere. And I don't know why, <laughs> but it's just like the perfect song you needed. Mm-hmm. And again, there were so many songs like that that were about to go on this list, but this one, I'm like, you know what? It needs a shout out. Um, fun fact, this is from the album Shoot the Violist. I don't know what the violist did to Joe Hisaishi, but he definitely feels strong about it. Well, I know that that will be getting added to my playlist after this, and I hope many of our listeners do too, because this piece definitely deserves way more love than it has. Yes, no, um, it's like, it was so difficult to find information about it, so I would love if more people got to experience it. All right, next up, we have something sad, but a little more modern. It wasn't hard to see time we had together was over we agree this is first by mxm so mxm tunes first album the masquerade was released in 2019 and many of her songs feature the ukulele and a lot of these softer electronic beats that you can hear even within this and a lot of these songs appeal to young adults due to the realistic nature of the world and what she's experiencing. The song itself was released in 2020, a year after her first album, on the album Dusk, and I really recommend listening to that full album, as well as Dawn. And so, I've been listening to MXM for maybe four or five years now just because even now it's still just it hits it hits home in a lot of what she's experienced and it just feels so genuine no i'm glad that you take the time to bring forth artists and genres like this because um again when i was coming on here one thing i was a little bit worried about like oh like is this going to be sophisticated enough like Will this be impressive to talk about with somebody who spends so much of their time with music and studying it? Um, But you can't compare like great classical pieces to something like this just because they both have their merit and they're both so important. Absolutely. And I love, as much as I love classical music, I mean, I wouldn't interpret it the way that I do without everything else I listen to. Yeah. And you want to know what else I love about it? It's got like that nice, like waltzy feel to it. If you want to start your day out sad, listen to this. If you want to be happy, listen to it. Could happen to you. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And so, this piece has uh, the lyrics: "The first of many lessons that I will undergo." our journeys will diverge here and we'll learn from what we know. And it's just being okay with moving on, even though like being like wallowing in it can also be beneficial too, as long as you learn from that time of hurt. You know, you can always pull something, pull lessons from 
pain. And so it's taking what you can and moving on. And I think that's super important. And especially like high school, college, post-college stuff, like just like recently post-college, there's so many lessons we learn about adulting. And I just, I think it's nice that she also understands that too and writes music that I could never write to, you know, have it. Um, A very important lesson I learned, I'll keep it brief. Um, When I was going through college and going through counseling and all that good stuff, I was constantly trying to find logic and like the reason I would be feeling sad or angry. And even though I could figure it out, like, oh, it's because I'm hungry, I'm tired, I need to get this done. It doesn't change the fact that you still feel bad. And so sometimes like the most honorable thing that we can do for those emotions and those feelings is to give them the space that they deserve and to just sit there and listen with them. And And then it gets better. I absolutely agree. And I think that's why even some of my playlists are like curated towards the emotion that I'm feeling. Yes. Because I, I like to like, you know, accentuate that, feel that emotion to the fullest and then move on to the next one. Yeah. And when people write music like this, they give us the space to experience that with somebody else. And then we realize that perhaps the way that we feel isn't so strange or distant from the experiences of others. And now we'll move on to something I believe is a little lighter, but I don't know the background, so... Yeah. So what you're listening to right now, and please excuse my mispronunciation of this, but this is um, Traumedi by Robert Schumann from his collections, Scenes from Childhood, um, in 1838. And we're currently listening to it being played by Vladimir Horwitz at actually his final concert in Hamburg, Germany. And so this piece is often translated to like dreaming or reverie. And I chose this because it was the first classical piece I ever got to know intimately, we'll say. Um, I had taken this one to the UW Green Bay Piano Camp. And there, working with the associate professor of piano there, it was the first time where I experienced music with people who like truly made it every day of their lives and the more and more we played it just for like hours and hours every day like it no longer became just the pedaling or just playing the notes but like the meaning and the intent behind every choice that I made just took on like tenfold the amount that it did before um And so it like broke my brain after that piano camp. And sometimes I feel bad for that associate professor because I think I was just a little bit of a cringy kid to deal with. But just the choices that, or like the options and the choices that I was able to experience with this piece was just truly incredible. It's... It also amazes me that 
this piece obviously has so much care in it, especially played by Horowitz in his last concert. And we all know that. So Horowitz is a very famous like pianist. Like he, we know he can do more than this, but he chose this. Yes. Because of what it meant to him, not because of how impressive it was. I listened to so many recordings of this trying to find the one that I felt made me feel the same way that I did playing it all that time ago. And he's just done it the best. And I'm not going to lie, I was a little scared because I read the title, like, Traumarai, and I was like, oh, does this mean trauma? And I was like, that's... (laughs) I was like, okay, so we got more pain in this playlist, but... (laughs) Some people say that it has, like, a darker meaning behind it, but I choose to interpret it as just the dreams of, like, an innocent child sleeping safe in their bed. Well, now that you have shared it with me that way, that is how I will hold on to it, too. Absolutely. Alright, we're gonna kick this up a notch. This is Purple Soul by the Remy Panosian Trio. Remy is the pianist, Maxime Del Porte is the double bassist, Frederic Petit Pris is the drummer. started in 2009 still together to this day purple soul this piece is off the album sun monkey voltage which was released in 2022 the title sun monkey voltage was chosen due to the meaning of the three individual words and i'll quote what they say it means sun is for the joy of playing together of reinventing oneself again of discovering more and more of the world monkey for the playfulness dear to the trio it's resolutely limitless creativity and the complicity of these three friends whose life, whose, who live, well, okay, there's a misspell there, but you get that one, and then Voltage for the electric turn of this seventh album. So the creator of this trio has a very extensive history in jazz piano and has numerous CDs and duos and trios and has played all around the, the globe. But I just like this because it's such a good vibe and the pianist is so good at just creating this atmosphere that is I don't want to say calming but anticipatory of what is to come absolutely no it's just like that vibe of cool and collected I'll say where like you're on top of it but you're just going to enjoy where you are in the moment that's even reminiscent within the piano almost like playing behind the drum set like it's very laid back into the groove yeah and so as we hear this build up I like to notice how the drum set doesn't take over yeah. Let's the piano sit in the front and have its moment. Well, I'm sitting here grooving right along them. 
that's what I love about jazz right there. Like, you could just do the same thing over and over and over, but just, it, I don't know how to describe it. It's just fantastic and like. It somehow gets better, like the more you do it, it just gets more yeah. exciting. <laughs> Go listen to Sun Monkey. Uh, oh, I forgot the name already. There it is, Sun Monkey Voltage. Sorry, it's a little, little odd, but it's a lovely yep. album. As soon as we're done, that's going on my playlist. So thank you. All right. So this last piece is Georgia's. So this song right here was my top listened to song of 2022. It's Morning Sun by Dave Bixby from his 1969 album Ode to Kexel I think it is. Yeah, my apologies for mispronouncing that one. Um, this one has a very interesting background. It was probably the lowest point in Dave Bixby's life. He was recovering from some prolonged issues with um, drug use, and he was joining what some people would call a cult. And he would record this in his living room on a very, very echoey um, four-track machine. And it's very simple just aside from one line in the song it's just an F major 7, a C major 7 over and over again but from a period of his life that just had so much pain and sorrow it is such a beautiful affirmation of just love and light and gratitude for all things I'm really happy you brought up that there's only two chords happening because so I don't know the word like effervescent yeah but it's so effervescent that you don't notice that yeah I remember um, looking up the chords so that I could play this for myself and then I pulled it up and like really that's it um, but yeah But um, there would be like my own times during 2022 where I'd be feeling, you know, anger, sadness, fear. And I always found myself gravitating back to this song because it didn't ask much of me. It just asked me to remember that I was loved and appreciated and that even though it didn't feel like it in the moment, there was still good in the world. So what is it that attracts you to the song, the lyrics or the atmosphere that is created? I feel like when I first really find myself paying attention to the song, to a song in general, it's usually the sound and the melody and just the atmosphere of it. But for this one, like, the lyrics themselves are also simple, but there's just something about the way that he speaks 
just even the line we just heard the oh god we love you it's so simple but you can hear that he means it and it not only feels like a reminder but it also feels like he's realizing that that it's that moment of realization and I just, again, like, I just kept coming back to it time and time again. I don't want to think about how many minutes I spent with this song in total. But, I mean, if it's a song that continues to draw you to a place of peace, like, any amount of minutes is worth it. Absolutely. But yeah, no, that was another one where I just stumbled across it again. Um and oftentimes, the minute that you spend with a song, no matter how bad or good other people might feel it is, if it's worth it to you to spend that time with it, it's perfect. And that's all you need. Exactly. Who cares what other people think about your, your own music choice as long as you like it? All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Georgia. That was such a lovely combination of music. And I will be adding especially the Joe Hisaishi one to my playlist after this. So thank you for joining me. Yeah, I'm so glad to hear that. Um, sharing music and finding new music, it just brings a lot of joy to me, and I know that it brings to others. So to have had the opportunity to come on here and just take some time to share that with you, it's really meant a lot. So I thank you very, very deeply. Absolutely. Well, that was the lovely musician, Georgia Zutz. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Tonal Identities, and enjoy the rest of your morning, afternoon, and evening.